Hey everyone, welcome to the Fun Night Stand Podcast. We're three fun-sized guys living in South Boston here to give everyone a taste of the hungover Sunday morning dude conversations. And just so you all know where I think this, I think this can go to the moon. I think you'll see us big time. We're not here for one night, we're here for a fun night. Welcome to the Fun Night Stand Podcast. Today's episode of Fun Night Stand brought to you by BE's Productions. A special guest, Chris Mullen Jr., our friend, son of Hall of Fame basketball player Chris Mullen, talking about his life and basketball in general. All right, let's get to it. A special guest, our friend, Chris Mullen, lives out in San Francisco. How's everything going let's, over there? Let's go. Everything's good. Beautiful weather out here. It's always better than Boston. Yep. Yeah, the Boston weather here was actually pretty nice today. We got, uh, like 65 degrees for the first time in all 2021. 65 and sunny here, year fuck. round. Yeah, fuck. It's probably always <laughs> like that shit. Do you think, uh, do you, I'll just say, do you think the weather for you is better in uh, North Cal than South Cal all year or no? Depends what you like. What's so, your style? SoCal, SoCal gives you. You know, you'll get dry heat. It'll hit down to a hundred down there. Up here during the during the summers from like June to September, you know, you'll be it'll be pretty temperate. You're not gonna be blazing heat. So I prefer it up here, but some people like it down there more. You also hate like, SoCal though, no? I would it, I don't hate SoCal. <laughs> it's a different I, vibe. I don't love it. I don't love it. Yeah, it's a different vibe. I was just gonna say that people from the East Coast love LA because it's blazing hot. It's true. You know, you get a lot of you got a lot of different people down there. Um, San Francisco, we were down there, what, Paul, like a couple of years ago in July. Two years ago, yeah. And um even still, it was like sixties, mid sixties and um in Wendy. I was I was expecting going to California. It was gonna be like seventies, eighties. Especially in NorCal, it was like completely different from going to LA to San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, people think California that nobody's going to come visit San Francisco, at least to my knowledge. You know, people are going to want to go visit L.A. Because that's just, you know, because you say you're from California. You know how many times I said I was from California when I was in school on the East Coast? Everybody would think that I surf. There's no beaches anywhere near here that you can surf at. <laughs> you're not and an influencer? No, not yet. There's no, <laughs> yes, there's, no to be. Sur- there's no type of surfing going on in San Francisco. But down in LA, that's where you have the weather. You got Venice Beach. You got all the beaches down there. But that's just because that's where people go and visit. I try to convince people to come up here, but you know, San Francisco has got its little repertoire of something else that uh, we won't get into today. I'll give you one. I'll give you one story from San Fran that we had. We were there. What were you guys um, doing out here? Were you guys just came to visit? Visit? Yeah, we came for road trip. Yeah, we went from we flew into San Fran, spent like three days in San Fran. One, we drove up to Napa for a day. Then drove down the Ooh. coast and spent like four days in uh like LA Santa Monica area. Did you guys smush some grapes up there? We smushed some grapes. A lot there of smush. A lot of grapes. Lots of smushing. <laughs> <laughs> we were in we were in San Fran and my cousin, we had no idea where to go out, like we just didn't know shit around there. So my cousin looks up on Google like best clubs to go out in San Fran. Of course, it picks up this fucking shitty club and like fucking like, hole in the wall. Hole in the wall. Yeah. Middle of nowhere, and like I'm pretty sure as we were walking by, it was it was either that night or early in the day. We walked by this like homeless dude on the side of the road, like dead ass shooting up heroin, 
like in front of a cop, like a cop was standing next to him. He was shooting up heroin. It was fucked. Well, there was a there was a parade going on, and yeah. we didn't even know that like there was going to be a parade, and we're walking by a parade, <laughs> a parade, right. and uh, we just see. Um, I were walking, and I take a look to my left, and I had to double take it. I was like, "Holy shit, Paul, Paul!" And I see like a needle going in this guy, and I've never seen that before. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I was like, Jesus I mean, the, the, home, the home is the home is out here, are pretty pretty wild. As far as like as small as the city is, I mean, they're, they're everywhere, you know. Yeah, it was it was like that district. in LA too. Yeah, the LA is like that. It's LA is just so much bigger. Hmm. So there's space, like you know, the homeless in Venice. There's homeless people all over the boardwalk, but here, like they're it's so condensed, and they're in like the throughout the wealthy areas and the poor areas. Just because in the wealthier, like in the financial district, and the, like you won't find them as you go deeper into San Francisco and further de- towards the Golden Gate Bridge. But in the financial district where I am, where all the businesses are, they'll hang out everywhere because they're just asking people for money. They know people have money. Good yeah. And and the drugs thing. I mean, yeah, it's, San Francisco has been known for that for a while, for a while. <laughs> you know, yeah. They, I mean, then the cops don't really do much, honestly. You know, they can't, there's nothing they can really do. These people, I mean, for the most part, half these people don't even know who they are. How are you supposed to identify them? No, yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the sad truth. Like, how are they going to yeah. identify them? Um, there's not much they can do. I mean, most, I mean, it's not like they're violent or anything like that. Like, that's one thing that a lot of people from up here will say. Like, they don't bother people, but I, it depends who you're talking to. I'm biased, Northern California, but I don't love San Francisco enough to say that I love the homeless people. It's definitely yeah. a problem. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the number one problem. Like, yeah, like, I think it's like the number York, one city yeah, in America like, or something like that. New York back in the day had a problem with it, and then Giuliani just shipped into Atlantic City. But like now, I, it's, it's become a problem. They're everywhere. Like You can't get away from You'll see the same people too. They become like, like I could be friendly with the ones that are outside, like two blocks away. I see them every single day, same place. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, like part of the neighborhood. Do you uh? Do you ever get to go to Chase? Uh, what is it? Chase Stadium or what's not? Chase, yeah, anymore, Chase right? Arena. That's like it's probably a mile and a half away from where I am. Um, I've gone there a handful of times before COVID. I was from New York coming to visit. I'm actually, I'll probably go to their next, they play the Clippers tonight, but that, I think it's an away game. But uh, I'm going to go to the games now. My dad's doing the uh, local broadcasting. So for like NBC Boston, my dad does it out here for NBC Sports Bay Area. Oh, no shit. So he goes to the arena and I'll probably go to a couple games. It's, it's still empty. They're only letting in friends and family, but I'll definitely probably try to go. I've got nothing else to do really. California is like just opening up right now. Yeah. Do you, you always um, go into those games yeah. for like whenever you want, or is it more of um just certain games? I mean, I, I could go pretty much any of the games I wanted to, just going with my dad. Yeah. Because he's been doing that announcing for a while. But if he wasn't like tied to the team in any way, he probably wouldn't go at all. Okay. Just because, I mean, he's been to enough basketball games in his life. He doesn't, he'd, rather <laughs> sit, he'd rather sit on his couch and watch it from the house and pet his dog. So it's not really something that, you know, he doesn't get exhilarated about it. And I don't really either, honestly. But, like, if there's something to do, like, the Warriors games became a lot more of, like, a social event as they got good. Yeah. 
like they didn't like it was completely different fan base like people changed when they moved to san francisco now you don't see any of the same fans anymore it's a completely different vibe in chase center than it is when it was in oakland because like really oh yeah oh yeah growing up and when it was at oracle arena like you had i mean you had fans that had liked the you know the warriors since they sucked even days when my dad was there but now now it's in san francisco and they won you know the championships that they won like the tickets i mean the people that were in oracle arena have no chance at affording a ticket inside chase chase center like no chance Interesting. and getting getting here is a bitch too like there's no it's it's there's a lot wrong with it but i mean it's a money move yeah exactly that's probably why i mean that's definitely yeah. why they did it this is this is catered to like tech people wealthy people and you know, the people in San Francisco and like the South Bay, Silicon Valley, not catered to where their fans are in Oakland. It's kind of like how the Raiders left and went to Vegas. Like they, it's a money move. That's what it is. Do you, does your dad, when he goes into um, either Chase Arena or Oracle, do they treat him like they would with Steph, like back in the day? Or is it? No, no, not even close. Not even close. I mean, Steph, Steph's, Steph's on a different level as far as, I mean, you also have to look at what the NBA was then and what it is now. Yeah. You yes, know, I mean, like, Steph's on a different level, well, but for everyone who doesn't know too. But that's why the people in Chase Center might not have the knowledge to even know who my dad is. That's like, true. They'll know, but they don't, they, they probably weren't aware of like how good my dad was. Not saying that he was great, but he was good. He was all right for what he did. <laughs> I mean, he was, a Hall, Steph, he was a Hall of Fame basketball player. Yeah. That's yeah, a good. That's a like, good fucking basketball player. Yeah, and a lot. You know, the people that are in there now, they started watching because of Steph because they got good. So that's it's it's the difference there. But no, people. I mean, people. Yeah, I mean, between the two cities, San Francisco and my dad growing up in New York, those are the two places that he gets you know revered the highest. But yeah, I don't. I don't it's hard for me to. It's hard for me to compare that and not. <laughs> So, you know, sound like an asshole. Well, yeah, sound like a douche, but at the same time, like Steph is just you know he changed he, he it really is changed, he changed yeah. the game. And, and with all the so he loves talking about all the time how he wishes he played right now. You know, just like the the you know the guard heavy guard oriented shooting the ball like everything like that. He you know his kind of league. Yeah, but like all old timers talk about like shit like that. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's not it's not it's not as physical. They wouldn't last. Like you can talk about that all day. It's, it's just the way the game moves, really. Nothing how do you do. think? How do you think you would have compared to uh, this generation, like with the toughness compared to like I guess the the fancy skills and the three point shot? Again, I was when my dad played. I was young. You know, very like, true. Uh, yes, what I saw, good point. yeah. So like, he retired when I was eight. Oh, nine, okay. Eight or nine, yeah. So, like, me me realizing who he was didn't come until I was probably, like, Way later. five, six years old. Mm-hmm. And then, like, really taking a deep dive into basketball probably wasn't until I was, like, you know, nine, ten, eleven, that age. So, like, I never really got to see him on the court and shit like that, you know? But, like, now I watch, I can watch these guys. and I, But it, even since I was 10, 11, 12, the game's changed completely. You know, I, yeah. I when I was growing up watching people, it was Kobe and Shaq. You know, people were trying to put together those that dynamic duo, Tracy McGrady and Yao. They were trying yeah. to do that stuff everywhere. 
and now it's about getting you know your big three. But then when my dad played, they had a big three. They had Tim, Mitch, and Chris. That was their big three here. But that it didn't work then because you know the other teams. You had Michael, you had Carmelo, and John Stockton. You had you know Clyde Drexler and in Portland. You had all these other teams that had a full team. They didn't have like, you know, big threes or two players like that. They had a full team going deep, like eight now eight, nine, maybe ten deep. Like the Celtics, you know, they were like eight, nine team. Yeah. You know, they're all deep. So it was different. I don't know. As far as the shooting, I think that team would have done well in this, but I don't think I mean it's different, you know, like these guys everyone now can shoot the shit out of the ball. Yeah. Like every yeah. That's like, like all the big guys. If you can't shoot the three, you don't, you don't stand a chance in the NBA. Exactly like the big guys. You don't need to be seven seven something anymore to get a look in the NBA. If you if you're a big guy, if you can stretch the floor and shoot the three, you have a chance. So like, you I mean obviously you named all these like pretty famous like basketball players. I know you were wicked young then, but did you like get to meet any of these guys or like have any funny stories with like any of these guys or anything like that? I met a lot. Yeah, I met. Most of them. I mean, um, yeah, like, I mean, growing up, you know, I was more, you know, since my dad was playing, I was more like immersed was in the locker room and like fucking around like that. It was the norm. Like that. But like, you know, it never really occurred to me what, who I was meeting, what I was doing. Like, it'd yeah. be like if someone's dad was like a profession or like a, like a, you know, a salesman, he's meeting his employees or his like coworkers. Like, yeah. It it didn't, you know, it never resonated with me in that way. I just, I mean, eventually I figured it out. Like once we, once you got to Indiana, then I kind of put it together and I thought it was like really cool. And I like really wanted to spend time with him and go into the locker rooms and meet the guys and be friends with them and shit like that. And then, but I think before that, like the guys you're talking about, like the Michaels, the Larrys and all those people, like, I mean, I've met them a lot. Michael... When I met Michael the first time I was young, my dad and Michael grew up together. So they've been friends, you know, since like before high school. No way. <laughs> what? Yeah. So like Were they Michael's the same still? Michael was born in Brooklyn, New York. But then he moved. But like my dad and and you know, when you're in high school you play in all these camps and shit together. Yeah. Yeah. But they knew each other before that. They you know, they got close during McDonald's All American. We played on the eighty four Olympic team together where they were roommates and then the ninety two dream team they were on, on the team <laughs> together. So they they've known each that's, other for a while. But I mean that's, that's the same yeah, a lot of players professional players are like that though, because you grow up in like you know, you get put on that pedestal at a young age and you all play against each other. Yeah, the AAU shit that everyone that's yeah. most of them probably do or something like it. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's similar, similar thing. It was like harder obviously then you didn't have all the publicity for these guys like you see you know fifth and sixth graders like all over social it's social media, media. yeah it's like social media yeah it, it's it was way different but like similar yeah they have a bigger obviously like a bigger like net of the kids who they're putting on these camps and there's all different camps and all different teams and stuff now but back then you'd have like the top 25 of like and they're all they're only like certain recruiters too most of them yeah. from most of them were from New York because New York was seen as like the mecca. So like it was those guys who would put that top twenty five, top thirty together, and then you know that's how they all got to know each other really. And same thing with like all those guys for the most part, like Patrick, Charles. Charles was on that eighty four Olympic team too. Um, Nothing compares to the ninety two. I mean that team was yeah, just absurd. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that, yeah, that was, I mean, that was the first year they allowed NBA players back. So it was kind of, it was unfair almost, really. <laughs> oh, yeah. But my dad, had the, I mean, he talk, he's talked about it. He doesn't talk about it too much, but when he does, like when that Dream Team uh, documentary came out, I could tell just like watching it with him that he like, you know, he loved that. That was like a highlight of his life, like doing all that with them, like just playing yeah. with those guys. That's so damn cool. Yeah. And the last dance stuff, like he looks at that and like he can talk his shit here and there and like say certain things. Because like, <laughs> like the, the Bulls beat the Pacers when everyone thought the Pacers were going to beat the Bulls. And that's when my dad went there basically to try to win a ring. And okay. that was 98, 99, I think. And the Bulls beat them in game seven. But the year after... They got past the Bulls because I think Michael retired. I think if I'm remembering correctly, I don't mean, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right. But after that, that's when they played Kobe and Shaq in the finals, and then Kobe and Shaq went on their tear. So it was, he got stopped by Michael the first time, and then Kobe and Shaq. So it was it was like watching that was pretty that's cool. A, did yeah. your dad ever win a ring? No, he went to the finals once. Oh, what? Eastern Conference Finals once and Western Western Conference Finals, I think, maybe once or twice. I'm not even positive. But he has a gold medal with the Dream Team. So, I mean. Yeah, two gold medals and then. Can't really take that back. It's pretty sick. Yeah. At what point did you realize you were just like, there's no fucking chance I'm making it to the league? (laughs) I would say, like, I was young. Um. No, you were that uh, it young. It wasn't like it wasn't like yesterday. Yeah, like yeah. like, no, I think probably when I was like freshman year of high school. Real? Oh, that early? Probably, yeah. Is it because you were just like these kids are just too talented, or you're like, you know what? I don't give well, a fuck. Yeah, I'm yeah, own, like, right? yeah. I mean, growing up, like, because I think a lot of me being good when I was young was just because I knew more, and like I. You know, I, I was able to, like, figure out what other people were doing quick. Like, I, I could think quicker than everyone else could. But then once, like, and that's when I was also playing, like, in the suburbs, you know, with a bunch of kids that, you know, they don't, yeah. they don't, you know. So, and then once I hit, like, probably fourth, fifth grade, then I, then my dad and other teams started asking me to come play for them, like, in the inner cities and these other, like, Nike and Adidas teams and shit like that used, would start coming. And I got put on a really good team in California um, where there, you know, we had kids we were in sixth grade. There was like four or five kids. that were six, seven, six, eight, six, six. And I was like, stupid, probably five feet tall. Maybe, maybe a little bit taller. I don't, I don't even, I don't we were probably, hey, you, were, you, were, <laughs> you were, you were our height. You were yeah. our height. Yeah. Let's just, yeah. <laughs> so that's like, I mean, there was still when I was that young, probably like before high school. Obviously, I still wanted to play in the NBA because young, I I thought of it as such a conceivable thing because my dad does it. So I'm like, what? What's it like if he does it? I can probably I probably have a good chance of doing it. That's like that's how my thought process went, or at least that's how I think it went. And I think I used to give my mom shit all the time too because my mom's five too, so I used to give her shit all the time. But uh, <laughs> sounds like us. I don't yeah, even want to talk about that. Up. Yeah, I don't know if this it might be a touchy subject. So. But, <laughs> yeah. You're getting on our yeah. on downfall. Yeah. But yeah. I, I probably figured that out freshman year, honestly. 
because like I was, you know, I was playing with a lot of guys. Like, I mean, I was getting recruited by Division One colleges, but I wasn't getting recruited by like the colleges that my teammates were getting recruited to. And you, you can, and for me, my the best thing I can, shockingly enough, is shoot. As shocking yeah. as that might be, and like I always knew that shooting was like an acquired skill. Like if you can, if you shoot enough a day, you'll get good at shooting. You can't teach a 47 inch vertical. You can't teach six, seven. Yeah. You can't teach like, you know, like that. And it, it's, I mean, that's just the reality of it at the end of the day. Damn. Well, how, um, would you think it was like a talent thing or it was more of like, just, I don't like, I don't really like, I'm not putting in the effort because I just, I'm not going to like get there. I think. Well, talent's obviously something I, I would have had to work my ass off harder than anyone else would have, um, which I felt like I was doing. But I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't. And, oh, I remember all the time I'd be in the gym with my dad and I would, you know, I'd miss one shot. And he would get, he's, he would always tell me, he's like, you think you've worked hard enough to get mad about missing a shot? He was like, what do like, people miss shots all the time and you're going to get mad about missing a shot. And that's like, I'd have to repeat myself to that like that same quote because I, you know, I would lose my shit if I'm missing a shot, but that's because I'm shooting against my dad every day who actually doesn't miss a fucking shot. Still? So do like, you still, does he still like get out there and shoot? He doesn't anymore. He got hip surgery recently, like uh, say like three years ago. So he stopped playing. He still shoots around here and there, but nothing like, I mean, we used to play like two on two, three on three. And we would go full court like when I was in high school. And he would bust all of our asses. That's what I was just going to ask. So, like, he would bust, yeah. when you were I mean, in college, I, do you think that you and him, like, a one-on-one or two-on-two, whatever, you think he just there, I you? mean, that, yeah, he was older. So, I was, qu- I was a lot quicker than my dad ever was. I was, okay. I was a lot quicker and faster than he ever was. But, I mean, on a good day, I could get him just because I'm faster than him. You know, I'd sneak around him and, like, get an offensive rebound or some sneaky shit like that. But I'd have to really be on my best day. But, you know, in, in high school – like we would play two on two or three on three with like my friends that are going packed like U of A, Cal, Oregon, Oregon State, and he'd bust all of their asses. And they'll they'll all attest to that. And and now that he can't play, all those kids that I know want to want to play him now because he can't move. Of course, oh, I yeah, bet. of course, I bet. Yeah, yeah. That's how it works. That's um, damn, that's good shit. But he played. He played six a.m. every morning for like years and years after he after he retired. You said he put up like 500 shots a day, didn't you? I remember when we were uh, we were in New York. You're just like, yeah. yeah, he just used to shoot 500 shots. Yeah, I mean, he would. That was, yeah, on a daily. Yeah, easily. I mean, more than that though. That would be like his to end his work workouts usually. <laughs> throughout that, I mean, there is times where we used to do this one drill to end the workout, where you go around five spots, shooting five spots around the arc. And you, you can't miss two in a row. So you can miss you can miss one, but like you're supposed to adjust so you can't miss two in a row. I, he made like 178 in a row and then missed one and then made another 78 and then missed two in a row. So he made like 250 shots without missing two in a row. And then I went and made like probably like 50-something and I missed two in a row and I lost my shit because I'm sitting there comparing myself to him. So yeah, it's to like a Hall of Fame basketball player. It's impossible, <laughs> yeah. So he, I mean, it's... It, yeah, I mean, it, he it's like riding a bike for him, really. Damn. The Hall of Fame speech, I was, uh, there's a video 
um, where your dad was going up on stage and you got a quick glimpse of you on camera and it was so fucking funny. Yeah. I was pretty chubby back then. <laughs> I, was, I had my brothers next to me. Yeah. I don't know. They, they had asked me to be the one closest to the camera. I don't know why. My other brothers were uh, a little shorter than me. Still are. Well, what are you like? Six, two and slim now. Yeah. Slim are thick. you six, two? Yeah. Damn, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't shrink since the last time you saw me. Well, grown. I wanted to be, I didn't know if we were <laughs> six feet, five, ten, six, two. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm six, two. I haven't brought out the measuring stick in a while, but I'm pretty sure I'm still there. Damn. I still got a, I still get a little dot of where I haven't grown since seventh grade. You never know. You could hit late. People get late spurts, George. That's, that's actually a fact. It is. I'll, I'll never forget. You I got up, my big one. Keep up with that diet you're on. It'll probably hit you. <laughs> yeah, tell me, tell me your diet for today. Yeah. <sighs> I woke up. Um, I made brownies last night. I woke up, hammered three brownies, and then I had, like, the rest of the pineapple that I had. Um, came back downstairs, had Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Probably half a pint, and then just mix in some Doritos with that. I don't think I've eaten since. I don't think I'm eating dinner tonight. I don't no, eat had any a more calories. You had a milkshake. You had a milkshake. Oh, I had a milkshake and yeah. cookies too. Yeah, <laughs> and, cookies. and cookies. Yeah, dude, I need to lose ten pounds. We sat here like two weeks ago talking about how like beach season's coming up. It's our first sixty degree day, and George decides to have four thousand calories in six hours. I'm just what gonna fast. It's fucking crazy. I want to. So you, so just picture. I'm just picturing that concoction inside your stomach, right? A big pile of shit. There goes a Gatorade. Imagine how the bathroom smells, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Washing it down with a cool blue. Yep. So did (laughs) did your whole family pretty much go to St. John's? I know your dad did. I know you graduated from there. Yeah. So I. When after prep school over in Boston there, I went to LMU down in LA, Loyola Marymount it's in Santa Monica. And then when I was there, coach got fired after my freshman year going into my sophomore year. And the guy they hired was the assistant coach from St. John's. And that summer, my dad had gotten offered the job at St. John's. And I was going to have to try out for the team, which I never wanted to do. I was already on the team that followed that previous year. So he basically was bringing in – the coach that was at LMU was bringing in 10 international players to, to play against the former team. Wow. Which he had, he had already made up his mind that he wanted these international guys. He didn't want other the other coaches' inherited players. And he pretty much told us that in the meeting. Um, so I just went with my dad. I just left and I went with my dad that – following fall in may transferred schools i did part-time at st john's my the first semester because i wanted to play and i needed to make up some credits and i was looking at other schools in the area my dad did not want me to play at st john's because you know his shadow and just the media and, and all that stuff in new york's pretty brutal so he didn't want me to do that so i was looking at other schools I found this beautiful, beautiful school in Bridgewater, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and that, and I had a buddy there, Jamie Carey. Uh, 
Shout out Jamie. Who was my roommate at prep school at Cushing. I went up for a couple of official visits over there at Mount Prospect. (laughs) (laughs) Jumped in a couple pools, a couple pool drive-bys. Running around, testing out the pools in Bansfield. Uh, Yeah, and I went went there, which is probably one of the worst decisions of my life, honestly. I went up there to a town I had no business in being in. I... Oh, I no. punt. I punted on the idea of playing basketball and just went up there for a good time. I don't even. I don't even think I even stepped on campus that year. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even. I don't even remember going to a class. To be honest, that with was so fucking <laughs> funny. Just yeah. going to Bridgewater State, just random, just to party at Bridgewater. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. That's basically was, what it was. Was that the end to your basketball then? That going to Bridgewater was. Was it? Yep. What a oh way my. to end it. The oh cherry on top. That is a fucking crazy story. And I didn't I didn't play for like probably I mean I played a couple times down there with the team and stuff, but at the same and I just I had I didn't even want to play. Yeah, why why I play was, like, at that yeah, point? I hit a point where I was just like over it. And again it's like I hadn't had free time like that in my entire life. Like ever. <laughs> Not at any point. Did I have Not- free time like that? Where I had to like be in really good shape and work out. And I had to have something every single day as far as like geared towards basketball. It was the first time in my life. Well, dude, you're like an agent right now, right? Sports agent. We were talking about that last night. Yeah, I'm now working for a small, smaller agency here in the Bay Area, Pivot Agency. Um, we focus on sports marketing. We don't we don't do athlete management yet. Um it started out as a brand consultant agency, which is where we do all sponsorships and endorsements for certain brands. So one of them being Clorox. Yep. <laughs> Get in there. A, lot, Get in there. a lot of people need Get Clorox now. Yeah, exactly. But uh, our CEO had a good relationship with their CEO uh, when he was with the Warriors. My dad was the GM. He was a good guy. He broke off the Warriors and got some money from Clorox to do all their endorsements and sponsorships within the NBA. And then that resulted in him. This is when I was in school, so I didn't even know this was going on, but he got other brands and other companies to come on with him and sign deals where they're the, you know, where they're exclusive uh, agency to do all that stuff for It's built into different things. Like we also do, we're a travel agency essentially for the Nets, Clippers, Spurs, Warriors, um, San Francisco Giants. Miami Marlins, talking to a lot of hockey teams too, where we just book all their hotels, and like oh, you know, we'll do we'll do individual travel for their players if they need it. Um, do you want to do you want to stay on that? Like, um, yeah, trying to get teams to do stuff like that, or trying to well, you, the, I know team, you guys said the, the team things thing. team things not bad. I I want to get involved with the players more. We've done, I've done stuff with the players. Um, Clorox also owns Britta. So Britta, we did a deal with Steph a couple of years ago for Britta. It was like a little activation all over here in the Bay Area. I think it went national. I'm not sure, but he was like the face of Britta as far as like drinking more water. You know, he, Steph's thing is he likes he likes getting involved with kids, especially like inner city kids and and like just like you know impoverished areas, like especially like Oakland. Like being that he was playing there for so long, he did a lot for the community there. So the Britta thing was like a kind of like an act on 
getting kids to drink more water rather than like Gatorade or like vitamin water. Or, <laughs> yeah, or no, some, it's good. Or, yeah, that's kind of, that was like the angle of that. And then um, our VP of our travel department came from the San Antonio Spurs where he has a really close relationship with Kawhi. So we do stuff with Kawhi here and there. Um, but he's like, he's, you know, he's a quiet guy. He doesn't really like putting himself out there too much, but anything that like, you know, fits or aligns with him, we bring to him, but it's nothing exclusive, but we're, we're hopefully going to start doing some more stuff like that in the future. Uh, but yeah, like George said, I'm going to get certified by the NBA MBPA this upcoming fall to kind of jump, jump into the agency stuff. Yeah. That's huge. The, at the core of it, it's something I just want to be able to help these guys out. I, I've, I've witnessed, you know, getting involved with the wrong people ruin people's careers. Mm. And, you know, that's that's kind of I've always been interested in it for a long time. And I've had a lot of mentors and people that I've gotten close with that are agents. And, you know, there's some that are good guys. I mean, it's a really shisty business, but it's something that, yeah. you know, hopefully can clean up. But at the same time, it's something I'm really interested in. I know it's a lot of backstabbing and, you know, there's a lot of ins and outs that I'm going to learn, but it's yeah. something that at the core of it, I just want to help these guys get on the right road and just stay on the straight and narrow rather than get involved with the wrong people. Cause it's so easy. Cause now, you know, you, you see, like I said earlier, like, you know, these kids are in like middle school talking to people, being their handlers, being their sponsors, being their, you know, certain people giving them money and then they get to the NBA and someone's like, well, here's a check for everything that I spent on you from sixth grade to senior year of college. And then, you know, you're hit with that. And such you bullshit. Gotta, you you got to have like a five to 10 year contract, five to 10 year career to actually make a good amount of money because you owe these people so much money. It's it, you're just getting involved with the wrong people because, you know, it's, it's, they do that. Uh, like these younger players it happens yeah damn you see i mean it's it's similar to what you know people say it's similar to an agent but like you're taking advantage of a kid at such a young age who doesn't know any better and you're you're immediately you know these kids want you want nice things you want you know it's no doubt course, about yeah. that there's one thing when you're helping someone out like don't get me wrong i i, I disagree with the ncaa so heavily i know it's really hard to figure out how to pay these kids but i think they should be compensated some way but even but that stuff that stuff starts well before they're at the ncaa well before that so it's like if the ncaa isn't you know the overbearing problem there i know it's it, not it, like basketball but it's like that movie uh blindside i know that they weren't yeah. doing that but they said like there's cases of that shit happening. It's the yeah, same, yeah, same thing. I mean, it's it's like that because you see, you know, that with that being a true story, like you know, they they helped the kid out. They had no idea, but like you know, everyone else in the world that looks at that probably thinks that they did it for their their own for money. Yeah, yeah. So because it does happen a lot, definitely, know? it does. True. All right. Chris Mullen, thank you for coming on. Fucking Appreciate pleasure having it. you. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, I'm sure we'll talk real soon, too. Yeah, maybe let's get those flights in order. Get you some itineraries. Yeah, we'll, we'll, come, we'll come to San Fran. you got to come back I'm to Boston, this, too. I'm, I'll book I'll it right after this. All right. Hell yeah. I'm ready. i got plenty of room for you, too. I told you that already. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, definitely, I'm, I'm definitely coming. And that was Chris Mullen.
He's uh, he did a really good job. Good friend of ours. That was awesome. Uh, if you guys want to check out a lot of more of our stuff, go on our Instagram page. Click on the link in the bio. Goes on YouTube. It's got our TikTok, our Twitter, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. We we also have it on Spotify and Apple Podcast. I know a lot of people know that, but some people don't. And our big, our favorite part of the thing, the questions links on there. I know a lot of people continue to post questions, so keep that going. We'll do questions now. All right. Would you rather be your current height or 6'10", lengthy, and un unathletic? 6'10". 6'10", lanky, and unathletic? Pretty hot. Exactly, 6'10". I honestly think the opposite. I don't think I... 6'10", lanky and unathletic. I feel like 6'10 is huge. It is huge. You can't ride roller coasters at 6'10", and you're not athletic, so you can't, you're not going to make yourself go pro or anything. I don't really give a fuck, dude. If you're 6'10", chicks are just looking at you differently. It's like that uh, simple. I mean, chicks would definitely be looking at you. I don't really you. care about the roller coasters, as long as I'm getting you, right? Spoken like someone who's not 6'10", though. Right? <laughs> he probably cares about roller coasters then. You can't ride them. He probably does. It's a, uh, yeah. I'm going to still say, I'm, I think I'm going to stick my height. I think 6'10 is too big. I think if it was like 6'6, six, six, I would t take 6'6. Six, six, but 6'10 six, is like overly tall. To be lanky and unathletic, it means like you're thin, like thin arms are just fucking lanky and shit. I mean, no muscle mass. Like, Well, yeah, if you're lanky, you're just like kind of like, I feel like dangly, you know? I don't know. Ripped? Can you get ripped? You're six ten. You're shredded. You're like forty pounds. Yeah, I'm gonna say no. You you could be. You're probably ripped. Yeah, but you look like a stick. Like you you're lanky, six ten, unathletic. I'm thinking like stick. You. I don't know. I think I think I do well on my height. I'll keep my height. I don't know. I, <laughs> I guess. I guess. I don't know. Maybe maybe stick with me then. If you're making it sound that shitty. Well, I don't think it's shitty. I think I just think the unathletic thing really fucks with you. Because if you had a chance of being pro, then I'd probably choose it. But no pro is like 6'10". Alright. I don't know. Alright, next question. This is a good one. Fuck, marry, kill. George in high school. George in college. Mm -hmm. And George now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's my favorite. Uh... I'll start this one off. Alright, yeah. I'm gonna go fuck me in high school, kill me in college, marry me now. Why? Because right now I have a job, <laughs> like money, so I can do things. <laughs> Good for um, uh, High school, I was skinny, athletic, in shape, stud. <laughs> in college I was a fucking menace oh my god I was just a fat menace did some questionable things and yeah I think I'm definitely fucking you in high school cause that was that was your peak that was peak that's peak George well no I was shredded last summer yeah but I mean overall <laughs> high school was just like no, yeah, I that was the most fun George for sure <laughs> as in like going crazy for sure between, what a fucking loser I am now. I don't know. I, between now and college, Mary, the money thing for it makes it now really like a good thing, but I don't know. You you went out more in college. You were probably more fun then. I mean, yeah, but I was just a giant moron. 
Why would you want to? You still kind of do that now. No, it's 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 different. It's way different. Like, way different. I was a menace when I was in college. From 19 years old to 22, I was just a fucking. There's just no way I'm not killing you now. Like you're being killed now. You in college you have like the promise of hop in here. Another special guest, our roommate Luke. <laughs> pop, pop in. Jesus Christ, dude. High school was my peak. I'm fucked. There's just no way. There's no way. <laughs> it is fuck George in high school. If any of you have ever been to their house and seen the photo of George in high school, I love that's just, I love that's just good. literally the peak. That's like, peak you George. were never anything. You were the most attractive you've ever been in your life. I was just school. slimmer athlete. Yeah. So everyone agrees, fuck you in high school. Yeah. It is definitely going to be. See, I'm just I'm marrying the potential of George in college, <laughs> and then I'm killing George now because he's just a loser. <laughs> <laughs> the potential of Jordan just, College is a big thing. hundred percent. You were you, fun. I we don't know. You could have. You like could you realistically unreal. Be. Huge. You can say that about fucking anyone in high school and college. Though there's potential. Oh no, I know. We know, we know, know. how the potential turned out. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Like yeah, you're good now, but so, your potential could be even bigger. <laughs> it's just it, wait, it's easy kill. It's an easy kill now for George. All right. Yeah. That's that's all right. So that's his opinion. I'm a loser. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think he is more. He, you are more of a livable person now than you were in college. Yeah. That's the only reason why I want to pick Mary because he, he just wasn't livable. He wasn't livable in college. Gotta agree to disagree. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. That was a good one. Fuck me in I high like school. That question. <laughs> I wish you knew me in high school. <laughs> okay. If a girl cancels on you three times. Would you continue to ask her out? Eh, no. <laughs> nope. No, Absolutely not. Like think, you have set plans three times? Mm-hmm. Nope. I think if you get... I think you're a moron. The first time they cancel, it could be like an actual reason to cancel. If they cancel twice, then I'll, I think three times. And if you, I don't, <laughs> you don't even get to three. But what if the second one's an actual reason, too? Like what? Like two, She's like going to say something so dramatic. Yeah, like, I mean... But I, I guess it was like, like legit, I, legit. Then yeah, I, I feel like if, if you had like, you could have as many legitimate reasons to cancel, but it's like, for me, it's like well, one, that, one cancel, it's like, you, I just push the ball in their court would be like, uh, yeah, cool. You can plan like, not like in an aggressive way, but you can just be like, yeah, sure. Like organize the next day. Yeah, I, I think two is like, like the, two is their court. Yes. Yeah. And then it's like, if they want to go out with you, they'll go out with you. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yep. So no, no, no one, no one cancels on us three times. No, you don't grovel for pussy. Can't allow it. Ever go to Be Easy Productions? No chance. Name speaks for itself. Next. (laughs) (laughs) I went out with this guy. He has a really good personality. He's handsome, but a terrible kisser. Like, awful. (laughs) <laughs> Should I go out with him one more time, or just throw him to the? This dirt? story seems like it came from her. Yeah. No, no, no. Awfully <laughs> <Awful laughs> descriptive. <laughs> is so this someone you can teach? Is he like is how he bad are we teachable? Like, you coachable. Say this person could be terrible, or like just not that good. Like sloppy all over the face. You can't really go out with him again. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You, like for me, it's like, what have you been doing your whole life, dude? I well, how was he fun. downstairs if he's that sloppy? Who said he went downstairs? Yeah, we don't know. This is just a question. Well, I'm just saying, do you test it out? <laughs> well, so you just give him a roll of the dice because he's a trash kisser? I think you're going to find a million guys that are, like, nice and that'll, like, take you on dates and be good to you. Yeah. But if you're, if you're a bad kisser, you can't live with a bad kisser forever. 
No. Is I mean, it? if she's all about like building you up, she can just you know. She can build she can you make up. Make you an investment. She can just stick with you. If if you if that person wants to make the investment, yeah. I don't know. But Me personally, if you're like a terrible kisser, like a terrible it kisser, it just aligns to bad everything. Yeah, it just means that there's gonna be more bad, bad things coming. And it's like there's nothing there's nothing worse than a bad kisser. And she holds the power at that point too. She just like. You sucked a kiss before you met me. Like, she could just throw yeah, that dick. you're the bad kisser. You or, mean, like, any fight you get in, like, you suck at kissing. That's such an insult. Suck at kissing is such an insult. Yeah. Would you rather be bad at... Like, if you would rather someone say you're bad at kissing or bad at sex? Oh. I think I'd rather... <laughs> They're both no. pretty bad, man. I think... They're both pretty bad. You kiss like, way more often, though. I feel like if you're a bad kisser, that's just, like, fucking terrible. I think a, like a, a lot of people are just like I think trash at it and just don't know. I think you like, gotta go kissing. You you'd rather be worse at kissing? Probably. I but see, I feel like a lot of people are gonna know you're bad at kissing, man. Yeah, because like, you're you kissing. You probably made out in public at some point. Too. Well, does you're that like mean you're a bed. star in bed? Like, what is that? Well, well, no, you, you could be, you could be trash in bed or average kisser. Yeah. Yeah. What would you pick? I would tell him to fuck off. I'd rather be. Yeah, I'd rather. That's my I'd rather. I'd rather be a, a bad kisser. I think it's like even that. I still rather be a bad kisser. I think yeah, you I can't be. Yeah. You can't be dog shit and bad. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you can't. You cannot be poop soup and bad. All, All right. right. Last question. Poop. Or is there oh. two more? The, there's just one more. Okay. After how many dates is it acceptable to bring up what are we? This is definitely the most gendered question we've had so far. Like, 100%. I want you to answer this question. I don't even know how to answer it because I feel like you just don't bring that up. But it's like, I mean, 100%. It's like, this is a question, like, I girls want to know. Like, I mean, guys wouldn't, like, I would avoid that question and that discussion like the plague. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's on the girl? Well, it's like, yeah, like, if, if you don't, like, have inclination to go like that with the chick then it's like i'm not gonna even get in the realm of that conversation with you it's like if you're just like casually hanging out but what if you really like her different scenario then but that's like i think if you really like her though you're doing but i like, still wouldn't ask what are we like no you wouldn't hit her up and be like no it's i don't no, but i think good. if you really liked her at that point you wouldn't even need to say that because you guys are probably like if you guys are going on dates like that often it's pretty that's, it's what, pretty I, that's known, what i mean it's pretty clear yeah whereas like if it's not known the girl should understand that it's not well, and that's the it's, thing. Is like, you guys aren't going. In that I think path. every every guy, every guy's had that with a with a chick. Where yeah. it's like they've come. The chick has always been like, you've had a couple dates, and then it's way too early, and they're like, oh, like so, like what are we? What are we doing? And you're just like, oh, honey. Because you can be like a good guy or like a good girl. Because this is either way, I guess. But um, I feel like in general, the date style that you take girls on is very different if you actually like them or not. Like, yeah, you can take girls on dates that you don't like or just, like, you just want to, like, hook up or whatever. Yeah. The girls that you like, the dates are more thought out, better dates. It's not just, like, let's go for a couple of drinks and come back to the house or go back to their house. Oh, yeah. It's probably like that with the girls, too. The girls that, the girls that actually like guys probably, like, want to do bigger and cooler things and go other places. Oh, you my know God, what I mean? Yeah. So, I feel like it's more yeah. implied. It's not like a, uh, you have to bring up the question kind of thing. Yeah. How many times have you brought that question up? To you? Yeah. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Jesus. Hell yeah, see you upstairs. Alright, well, that's it for this episode. Thank you again for listening. Like, subscribe, share. Uh, reach out to 
the link for any more questions we have. We got a bunch of questions, but the more the merrier, the better the, the juicier, yeah. the more raunchy, the ones we like. All right, we're not here for one night. We're here for a fun night. Thank you again. and Adios.